It must have been cold there in my shadow To never have sunlight on your face You were content to let me shine That's your way You always walked a step behind It might have appeared to go unnoticed But I've got it right here in my heart I want you to know I know the truth Of course I know it I would be nothing without you Did you ever know that you're my hero And everything I would like to be I can fly higher than an eagle Cause you are the wind beneath my wings For you, the wind beneath my wings. Welcome to today's worship service at the Seville Congregational United Church of Christ. Please join me in today's call to worship. Love wins. As if a contest, it's not. But we understand. Love wins, surpasses the odds, as if based on chance, it's not. Love wins, as it always has, whenever it has been compared to anything else. Love flows here from long ago, from beyond the long after future. What matters is that it is here, now, and that we are as well. Come, let us love God and one another and worship together. Yes, love wins. Well, 
Today's unison prayer from Honey from the Rock by Rabbi Lawrence Kushner. There must have been a time when you entered a room and met someone. And after a while, you understood that unknown to either of you, there was a reason why you'd met. You changed the other or they had changed you by some work or deed or just by your presence the errand had been completed then perhaps you were a little bewildered or humbled and grateful and it was over each lifetime is a piece of a jigsaw puzzle for some there are more pieces for others the puzzle is more difficult to assemble some seem to be born with a nearly completed puzzle. And so it goes. Souls going this way and that, trying to assemble the myriad parts. But know this, no one has within themselves all the pieces to their puzzle. Like before the days when we used to seal jigsaw puzzles in cellophane, ensuring that all the pieces were there. Everyone carries with them at least one or probably many pieces to someone else's puzzle. Sometimes they know it, sometimes they don't. And when you present your piece, which is worthless to you, to another, whether you know it or not, whether they know it or not, 
You are a messenger from the Most High. This is the part of this service where we we remember how much God loves us and the assurance of that love in our lives. And it's easier when we're all together to just see that. But, you know, it's also easy to look out the window and pick up a phone and call somebody or just in a quiet moment of prayer when the noise settles down to remember just how present and how much God's love is all around us. So perhaps looking at this outside this morning and seeing the church before you reminds you of those days when they will come, not if, but when, that we'll be able to be with one another in person. But know how much you are loved and how grateful we are that you're with us this morning. Held by the embrace of God's love, filled with the peace of all eternity, here, now, let us offer one another a sign of peace that knows no distance between us. May the peace of the risen Christ be with all of you.
second reading is taken from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In my earlier account, Theophilus, I dealt with everything that Jesus had done and taught, from the beginning until the day he was taken up, after he had been given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After the Passion, Jesus appeared alive to the apostles, confirmed through many convincing proofs over the course of 40 days, and spoke to them about the reign of God. On one occasion, Jesus told them not to leave Jerusalem. Wait, rather, for what God has promised of which you have heard me speak. Jesus said, John baptized with water, but within a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. While meeting together, they asked, has the time come, Rabbi? Are you going to restore sovereignty to Israel? Jesus replied, it's not for you to know times or dates that Abba God has decided. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Having said this, Jesus was lifted up in a cloud before their eyes and taken from their sight. They were still gazing up into the heavens when two messengers dressed in white stood beside them. You, Galileans, why are you standing there looking up at the skies? They asked. Jesus, who has been taken from you, the same Jesus will return, and in the same way you watched him go into heaven. There is a song in South Pacific, the title of it is, You Have to Be Carefully Taught to Hate. It goes like this. You've got to be taught to hate and fear. You've got to be taught from year to year. It's got to be drummed in your dear little ear. You've got to be carefully taught. You've got to be carefully taught. You've got to be taught to be afraid of people whose eyes are oddly made and people whose skin is a different shade. You've got to be carefully taught. So today on my mind, I have the power of teaching. That's not surprising when you consider the power of Jesus' teaching, the fact that today we continue to strive to follow his teachings. 
Those are powerful teachings to last this long, to continue to be part of this discourse, this conversation, but even more, to be the core of our faith, our tradition, and our congregation and lives together. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. We've been in the midst of so many things lately. There's been a canopy over everything in many ways that has rightfully taken our attention. And it will continue to do so as we move toward a time when, not if, when we are back in this sanctuary. But for a minute, I need to go below that canopy. I need to go down to the floor of the forest. We have to pay attention to what's going on in addition to what's going on. And beneath that canopy, down on the floor of that forest, the thing that is most striking to me today is the level of the lack of civility toward one another that rivals the lack of civility toward Christ in his time. I think it's that bad. The conditions are different, but I think the lack of civility at the core of what's going on today, we just need to address it for a few minutes. At least I think so. So follow me as perhaps I get into trouble but hopefully not. This is, after all, a provocation. So you have to be taught to hate, but you also have to be taught to be civil, to be carefully taught to be civil. We've allowed civility to fall at the feet of disgruntlement, power grabbing, intimidation, agendas for politics, not policy. We've fallen prey to the drama of civility being assaulted in a full frontal assault in some cases, so much so that our thinking has to say, that can't have just happened. That can't be true. We had to mishear that. No. No, no. Now, there are times when civility, those acts of courtesy and kindness and respect toward one another, take on a bit of a different role, such as in times of civil disobedience. We would not have the tradition of faith that we have today if Jesus had not been civilly disobedient, although that was not his goal. He was being called by something much greater Nonetheless, what was calling him was interpreted as civil disobedience by the Romans, and well, it should have been. And we as a nation would not be here had we not been civilly disobedient to King George III the last time there was a king in charge, as I recall. And we would not have the nation that continues to struggle for civil rights for all, for LGBTQ queer rights, for the freedom to marry for women's rights, four, four, four. None of these would have moved forward had there not been some acts of civil disobedience. However, there is a difference 
between a lack of civility and civil disobedience. A lack of civility is a lack of civility, at least in these times, not for including more people, but for excluding many people. Our lack of civility today, listen for it, watch it. Every time you see it, it is about somebody being excluded, not someone fighting for people to be included. There is a difference, a grave difference. Jesus' ministry was about inclusivity. Acts of the Apostles recently, chapter 4, if you read the chapter, it might be chapter 3, if you read the chapter, the person who has a disability is outside every day. People see that person outside every day. They walk by, they give the person money. And along comes Peter and John and Peter says, we don't have any money to give you, but you know what? We'll give you what we have. And so let you be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And so you are healed in the name of Jesus Christ, specifically Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And with that, this person who couldn't walk, couldn't stand, couldn't move on their own, was up and about and was not only up and about. They proceeded to glorify God in thanks and gratitude for their healing, and they went right into that temple that had otherwise excluded them, heretofore excluded them, because of their disability. Now what are you going to say? Shouldn't I have been here in the first place? When civil disobedience rises to being justice-driven, it reflects the best of who we are. Because at the core of who we are is somehow imprinted the greatest of commandments that Jesus continuously reminds us to follow, to love God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our might, and to love one another as ourselves. The idea that somebody has to stand outside of the temple in order to come inside, first you have to be healed and cleansed and perfect and pure according to what we say. No, we don't say that. A lot of people do, though, don't they? So the first thing I'd like to do today is to remind us that we're not in this same place as those who are using these times and the powers they have to emasculate people and their rights in this nation, in our communities, in the services we provide. More and greater than that is the fact that they are welcome in God's love in this world, in all of this world, and that whatever acts of civil disobedience or protesting that we might do, it's not the acts. It's the source of our authority that counts. And that's our faith. At least I think that's our faith. That's my faith, I hope. I'm still working on it. And this is why Jesus is constantly challenged. People say, by whose authority are you doing this thing? By whose authority are you healing people? <laughs> really? So, listen, I have issues with any politician who uses their administration, any, to exclude or divide. To bully. To intimidate. To name call. To act with anything less than civility according to expectable dimensions and considerations. 
I don't expect that because I like it. Yeah, I do, but I expect that because there are kids listening, there are people listening who are being carefully taught, who are being carefully taught to be less than civil. And by the authority that we've been given, by our very creation and the reminders that come through our teachings and the traditions we follow, that that is true. We can't accept that. It's not just, oh well, it's not just, oh well, it's not. And, and I know that almost everybody listening to this, who I know, in fact, everybody I know in this congregation who may be watching or listening to this, you know these things. Let this be a bit of an exhortation to remember this. And not to be uncivil or not to be mean or not to be less than kind-hearted, but not to have our authority shut down by the loud voices who, as soon as we say something like, you know, that's really not a nice thing to do. Well, who are you to say that? You know, what's the matter with you, sleepy you or little you or whatever? No, 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 no. That's not teachings. Or at least it's not the teachings we want. I mean, if you want those teachings, okay, but if you don't, no. We can't even let it creep in a little bit. I don't care. You pick the president. I don't care what president might have been in office. Had that president berated, made fun of, mimicked, demeaned a reporter who had a condition, a physical condition, that caused that reporter to tremble, and then in public view from the bully pulpit stand, I was like, oh, what's the matter with you? I would be so outraged, and I am. And let's be honest. People who do those things are not playing to the great majority of people. They're playing to the small minority. But the small minority has fringes. The small minority is teaching children. The small minority has practices in their lives and their places of worship and their faith traditions and all sorts of things. And so this message grows. And it's harmful. At the 2015 Golden Globes Awards, when that incident took place, Meryl Streep accepted her award. And whether you like Meryl Streep or not, this is what she said. It kind of broke my heart. And I saw it. And I still can't get it out of my head because it wasn't in a movie. It was real life. And this instinct to humiliate when it's modeled by someone in the public platform, by someone powerful, it filters down into everybody's life because it kind of gives permission for other people to do the same thing. Yes, it gets into us. So we have to, even in the midst of this pandemic where so many things are going on, we're paying attention and we're seeing all sorts of things happening under the cloud of this illness that we're dealing with. We can't forget and we have to remember by whose authority we operate. The second thing I would like to say today is that along with remembering the authority we have, that we have to find a way to teach what is right and not worry about persuading those who disagree with us. And that's the third point. This is about the other. It's always been about the other. And right now, there are those who use the other as foil 
to satisfy a small group of people, regardless of all of the other people who might be in shock at some of the ways others are being demeaned, harassed, treated, or spoken about. Can I help you? Could you help me? Thank you? That's civil. I'm trying to point out that the teachings that we follow are greater than the politics that surrounds us. I say it over and over. I talk about policy because the policy is rooted in the authority we have. Our authority says feed the hungry, clothe the people without clothing, visit the people who were in prison. That's what our teachings tell us. We create a policy that addresses that and then the politicians work together to implement it. It's not the other way around. Politically, it's expedient for us to do this, so let's create a policy that keeps people in cages, refuses aid to sanctuary cities. Come on. We've been home for quite a while. This is the 10th week. This is the 10th Sunday that I'm talking to you through the modern wonder of technology. There's a lot of good things we've learned in this time. There's been a lot of suffering. As we go forward, when we open and re-enter this space in the way we do it gradually over time, I pray that we bring the things that we've needed to learn, that we all are learning or have learned during this time of pause. I pray we bring that forward. And I pray that we remember the things that really we can just leave by the wayside. And then let's pick up all the good things about who we are and blend all that together so that we can be a more powerful community of believers in this country that has been given so much because there's much for it to do. We have a lot to do. Be civil. And this is last, I promise. We carry the word we've been given to carry. That's what we do. So at the end of John today, the messengers are standing there and they're saying, you Galileans, what are you looking up there for? The one who has ascended will return the way that you have seen him leave. Don't look up there. Look at the other next to you. Lawrence Kushner's poem that was read today. Thank you, Craig, for the readings. We all carry a peace for others and they for us. Bring who you are to others. Let them discover what they need in you and you in them. Don't cage them. Don't chase them away. And don't allow politics to create policies that do that. By the authority of the God who's called us to make sure that doesn't happen. And I'll close where I started with one little addition. We have to be carefully taught and we have to carefully teach. We have to live our lives into the teachers and, yes, the prophets who we are called to be. And this is still about the stranger. This is still about the ancient practice of hospitality now.
and maybe we cannot provide for the stranger in all the ways we wish, but we can certainly make sure that they are not caged up, that they are not left with nowhere else to sleep but on subway cars. Love wins. It's not a contest. It's not competition. Love is greater than all. And so let us live into that as teachers, as believers, as neighbors, as friends, and let us demand it of those creating the policies. By whose authority? You know, that authority, the only authority. Thank you for letting me get into trouble today. for a moment or two and consider the joys and concerns that you hold within you. When you have a moment, please send them into Ray by text or by email so that we may list them in our eChimes newsletter. If you wish your prayers to remain confidential, please let Ray know and they will be remembered in his daily prayers without being publicly listed. May we hear your joys and concerns. With these thoughts into the stillness of a deep and abiding presence and love, we pray, prayer of Jesus, as you learn to pray it, saying, Our Father, Holy Mother, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Friends, I know this time apart from one another is trying for all of us in a myriad of, of, of different ways. And I know that there are those that don't have the ability to reach out and talk to someone. Know that we're there. Know that we care. Know that we love each and every one of you however long we have known you in our sanctuary or in the ethereal space of web talk. Know that we care, know that we love you, and, and know that no matter where you go, we're here for you. Amen. <laughs>